Yo, what up? It's your man, Papa Shot. And you're about to listen to the latest episode of Rated R. Um, and we got a special guest. But before we before we go ahead and preview this, man, just wanted to let you guys know, like right before we started recording this episode, I mean, like right before minutes before we started recording, we found out about the death of the one and only Kobe Bryant. Um, and so you kind of hear us kind of reminiscing and talking about that, but, you know, we still get into the story of our guest, um, the one and only Pedro. So yeah, listen in, tune in. Um, you may hear us being a little, uh, far apart in a sense we had, we, we, we used a different microphone, but, but it still sounds great. So tune in, listen, man. All right. Peace. Stay rated R uh, with that homie Shaw. Yeah. They telling me to stop, stop. but I ain't even start. start. Trying to keep it real, yeah. trying to keep it raw. Yeah. Something you can feel yeah. and help you change your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. this that rated R yeah. with that homie Shaw. Yeah. Getting vulnerable, yeah. Yeah. showing you my scars. Nah, hey. I ain't got no chill. Yeah. I do it for my guy. Yeah. Hey, why yeah. we do it? Said I do it for my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Real smooth, like. <laughs> Alright. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Rated R podcast. It is I, Jamar and B, with two R's. That's right. Me and my man, yeah. Shy, Papa Shy. We in the building, man. We in the building. We in a new building. We are, yes, we are in a new building and we have a new guest with us man a uh, a gentleman a scholar a champion um pedro our good friend uh hailing from the bronx the boogie oogie boogie damn and now he has wiggled his way down past the mason dixon line <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> uh, but yo, man, I'm just excited to have you here. I'm so glad that we're here. We finally get to capture this moment because we've all been talking about it. We've all been trying to coordinate and everything. And now we have you here. Um, you know what? It wouldn't be right if I didn't acknowledge the fact that we had to say a RIP and, you know, love and, and blessings to, um, you know, the family of Kobe Bryant because... We have just, you know, witnessed this this loss in real time. And, you know, y'all just have to bear with, with us because this is happening and um you as know, we speak, man. As we speak and you know oh it's, it's 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 a a, a legend and, and an icon, if you will, who has just left us, who have we've grown with and we have seen grown and um you know, it it would only be right that we just acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah. So. The Kobe Bean Bryant, man. Yeah. The legend. The greatest Laker, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I watched Kobe growing up. Man. My favorite player. You know, other than um, Pippen and Jordan, Kobe was always my number one, man. I always gave gave shade to the LeBron haters. I'm not LeBron haters, but LeBron fans mm-hmm. who, like, 
you know, I'm like, man, Kobe's that dude, man. LeBron still ain't passed him. But, you know, he eventually LeBron is probably going to be the GOAT for real, for real. But, uh, last night, man. Yo, he just, like, that's the craziest part. Last night, LeBron passed Kobe in points. And then the last tweet, I just looked it up. The last tweet Kobe just did was like a salute to King James. Keep moving the, you know, the game forward. And for that to be his last tweet, you know, I know Braun is just like hurt right now, man. Like in a good way, but just like yeah. he's he's feeling it, man. Like you know, it's gonna be like a crazy tribute bro, from. Oh, my God. oh, it's going to be. It's crazy. Yeah, it is going to be crazy, but I think it's gonna be done. Well, and yeah. as it should be, and as deserved, you know. I'm sorry. Well, you know, the one thing Kobe will always have over LeBron is always being able to start his career with one team mm. and ending it with one team. Yeah, yeah that's facts. Yeah, it's 20 years in, like, to me, he came from the bottom to the top. I mean, like, he was one of the first. If not one of the first like high school players to come to the, to the league. Mm-hmm. That's when they were still drafting you know, players out of high school. Right. To go and to do from that. Philly, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Philly heads would say the Philly area, because I know some Philly heads, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, wow man. Yeah. Salute man. Salute man. Life yeah, was man. Peace to Kobe Bryant. Can't even lie, like it's 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 all in all oh, of wow. our minds. You know what I mean? And you know what, though? it's It has to be inspiring because, you know, he, in my opinion, I think he's going out with grace. And as a man and as a father, I admire that. And I think we can aspire not to just leave, but to leave with grace, leave something behind, leave impact. And we all know what impact this man has left in our lives. Yeah. And greatness. You know, yeah. And it's up to us to kind of be impactful in the lives of others, especially ones that are close to us. You know what I'm saying? And this is exactly why we decided to, you know, bring a man of your caliber on, Pedro. You know what I'm saying? Because you really have an interesting story. And, you know, I think we we definitely look forward to hearing more about it and, you know, the cards that you were dealt and, you know, how it started and, and, and where you are now. So... You know, we want to also take a moment to just acknowledge that, man, because, you know, we are amongst greatness, man. You know what I'm yes, saying? Sir. Well, I appreciate that. Man, bro. You know, life has been, uh, life is rough, but life is rough for everybody. Yeah. You know, just hearing about somebody pass away like Kobe Bryant makes you appreciate yeah. even uh, the smallest things, right? Yeah. You're going to be able to go home and kiss your wife, kiss your kids, drink a beer. Whatever it is that that you like to do, right? You know, other people are just worlds got turned upside down in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a heartbeat, man. In an instance. Yeah. And um, at least thankfully, we're, we're graceful enough to not be able to to deal with that type of, of sadness, you know, because the impact on on his family members and his wife, his kids is a lot different than. Than what we feel. Right. Oh, well, yeah. But, um, um, you know, I appreciate the fact that uh, you guys are letting me sit down and talk to you about, uh, I guess, a little bit about uh, just my story. Yeah, man. Which isn't, um, you know, we started in the Bronx, but uh, right now we live in Chester, Virginia. Father of two? 
father of two kids. Husband? Um, husband of, of one wife. I own three chickens. <laughs> <laughs> Get your chicken, right? You know, I... Uh, Never, never, never thought in my life I, I have chickens in my backyard, <laughs> <laughs> but I do. That's what I love. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's funny the way life takes you, though. Yeah. You know, you never know where you're gonna end up. Yeah. You know, you can't predict the future. Did you ever think you'd be in the atmosphere in a setting like this, where here we are in your presence, recording, and you know what I mean? Um, Nah, never in my life would it's I think. beautiful. Yo, that's so crazy, man. And I hear that a lot from people who are successful. Yeah. You know? I hear that a lot from people. Never in my like, life, I didn't yo. think I would be here, you know? Every yeah. now and then I hear somebody like, yeah, I knew it. I knew it was going to be. You know what I mean? Maybe in a way we knew it, but we didn't know it all the way. It's kind of weird. You know? It's funny. When you come from a big city like New York, mm-hmm. and not to get off topic, but just just it's Talk about the way some people think. Yeah. Even though you come from a big city, you still have a small town mentality. You know, like most people don't think outside of New York City, right? Right. That's, yeah. So New York State right, so, is that what that's what it is? Yeah. It's just like all oh, right. So Chester's a, a, a town of twenty thousand people. So mm-hmm. if I didn't think outside of the town of Chester, I'm a small town. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm a small town, closed-minded thinker. But if I don't think outside of New York City, what's the difference either? New York City is what geographically I think thirty maybe square miles. I mean you could check that, but it's not. Hmm. It's not big. Yeah. <laughs> and there's people who live there their whole lives and never get out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not crazy. even into New Jersey. <laughs> That's crazy though. I, I think even you saying that is interesting because a lot of how we think about just like how we how we develop and mature and grow is like you being able to like interact with people who think differently and like challenge you in different ways of seeing the world seeing whatever and how you live your life and how like the principles that you live by so like for you like what what would you say is like some of your guiding principles to like how you live your life and like what you what you're about um the first time Foremost, um, I think respect goes a long way. And when I say respect, I mean um, when grown men are talking, you know, like to look people in the eyes. And, you know, you don't have to stare people down, but it's good to have a conversation, not looking at your phone, not staring at the floor. Right. Um, I think that's important to know that, that, you know, grown men are conversating, you know, like pay attention to me. Let's know that we're all being respectful to each other. Um, I was always, you know, raised on the principle of, you know, don't say things that don't need to be said sometimes. You know, a lot of people live under the principle of, um, I don't care what I say, it's my mouth. I wasn't raised that way. I was raised that everything isn't for one, everything isn't for everyone, two, everything doesn't need to be said, and three, don't gossip. Mm, If you don't trust me with something, that doesn't mean that it's entrusted to him. And I've always been that way. So if you you could, if you told me that you killed somebody, you could guaranteed be sure that they will never go anywhere else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the way I was raised. You know, show people respect and show people loyalty and and, and trust. You know, if people trust you. Don't break that trust because yeah. trust is important in life. Like word is bond. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. 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 Word is bond. Word is bond. Yeah. And um. 
I've always I've always been able to 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 live comfortably that way. Anywhere that life has been able to take me. Yeah. You know, from from growing up on the streets, from going to prison. Mm-hmm. I've always showed people respect. I've always looked people in the eyes when I talk to them. I've yeah. never disrespected people. I've never lied to people. I've never cheated people. And I've been able to live my life comfortably. I've been in messed up situations where, right. thank God, I've never been harmed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. People have never wanted to do me really harm, you know, and any type of real harm. Right, right. For anything other than if it was a misunderstanding or, you know. Because right. in life, men disagree. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 and it's okay. It's okay to disagree sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other than that, you know, life has always been, been able to take me into places where people respect me. You know, I've been able to always talk to people and people like me and I have a great personality. Right. Um, and I owe that to, you know, like my grandmother and, and some of, you know, the quote unquote, the OGs that I grew up around. Right. Because they're the ones who instill that in you, you know, be respectful to people. Right. Yeah. Values, man. I think it's really important that we all have values, you know what I mean? Because I think that also shapes our, you know, it could shape our future. You know what I mean? It shapes our results. And now you talk about these values and be respectful to people and, you know, Acknowledging that, I think it has played a great part in getting you here, getting us here, you know what I mean? Because I share that value as well, respecting people as far as respecting their time, space, and all that, you know what I mean? And when you do that, I think it does warrant some um, blessing or success or progress in some kind of way, man, you know what I mean? I think, baby, being able to adapt... um, to your surroundings and all your situations oh, wow. that you're in, regardless of whether you're in prison, whether you're a black man sitting around white people, yeah. whether you're mm-hmm. um, um, a pawn sitting amongst kings and queens, is always knowing your crowd and always being able to wow. get comfortable in that situation, you know, because at the end of the day, people are people. Yeah. You're a human being at yeah. the end of the day. You know, there's no reason for anybody to be intimidated by anybody else. What intimidates you? A stature? Mm-hmm. And what stature? A name tag. Yeah. Right? People go to court. You're scared of the judge. Why? Because he's the judge. Mm-hmm. Is there really a it's reason for you to be like, mm-hmm. what can he really do to you? Right. And, any, and I'm talking about in a minor incident. Like, let's say a traffic incident. Mm-hmm. You know, people got to go to court. They're scared. Why? They got to sit. They got to go in front of the judge. What, what can he really do to you? Other than make you pay the fine that you already have in your hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that intimidates people, you know? Yeah. People just, they can't deal with it. I mean, that's the thing, because also the judge also has that authority over what direction your life can go to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's the one thing that does kind of scare people is this judge is going to make a decision to say... You go to jail for 15 years, or you're doing community service for 15 years, or you're but on there's probation. A, there's no reason to fear him. He's the one imposing the sentence of something that you did wrong. Yeah. So now you fear your consequences. So that's the problem, Yeah. right? Okay. If I decide to sell drugs, and then I go to jail, am I mad at the cops? Am I mad at the judge? 
Who am I mad at? We see I should be mad at myself. Right? The there, there's a law, right? Just like in your house. There's a law that states something is illegal. Now, if I choose to do the wrong thing, I cannot be mad at the consequences. Yeah. That yeah. is incorrect. I, that is I, so incorrect. Yeah, just to jump in, like I, I 100% agree. And I do think that on the flip side, because I actually, on uh, MLK Day, we went to go see uh, Just Mercy. And the stories of people who have been on death row and then like wrongfully accused and they, you know, stories of people being um, exonerated from spending years of their life on, on you know, death row right. mm -hmm. for, for things that they hadn't even done. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Even though, you know, the society around them looks at them and decides that they're guilty. So I think that there's some of that too when it's just like, I mean, I hear what you're saying where it's just like, if I'm doing something wrong, yeah. then guess what? Like, I can't be mad at the consequences because I wasn't afraid to do it. Like, I, I had to accept my responsibility. And I get that, because that's a value of mine. It's like, all right, I, you know, I made my bed, I gotta lay in it. Like, yeah, and that's regardless of any situation. Right. That's yeah. the way I feel about it. Now, everything is different, right? Yeah. Right. And that's why you can't blanket it that way. Yeah, yeah. But in the reality, I think that the first thing that needs to be instilled in all our kids is, is if you make a decision, there's always going to be a, either a consequence yeah. or a reward. Yeah. You are right. Regardless of what you choose, how you choose it, what your excuse is, <laughs> right, right. there's a reward to you or there's a consequence to you. Yeah. Accept them both, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, you hit that on the head, man. You got positive results and negative results. You know what I mean? Based on the choices that you make, man. You know what I mean? You cannot deny that. And that, you're right. That is something that we definitely have to instill upon, especially our offspring and, you know, ones that are close to us and family. Because you have a lot of people who are ignorant to it. And when I say ignorant, I think, you know, the root word of that is ignore. You know, and that is to be ignorant when you ignore something, especially when you know what the truth is or what quote unquote right is, you know what I mean? And we have to find a way to reduce ignorance. And I think one way to combat it is to, you know, start it young and instill it into the household, you know? You know, some people may not, it may not sit well with people when I say this, but there has to be a respect to authority. You know what I mean? You have to respect authority. That's very true. You know, yeah. you have to respect authority's time. You have to respect what authority states and you have to abide. But with that comes results and it does come with reward in a lot of times. And then when you choose not to, there's going to be consequence. You know what I yeah. mean? You know, it's simple, but it's complicated at the same time. Yeah. And I know the thing that brings us all together is that we do have that understanding and at least a a, a, a a respect for what authority is. But it has also gotten us to where we need, where we where we are right now. You know what I'm saying? So. Do, do you think the fear, and I want to just ask you a question. Do you but, think the fear to respect authority is stems from the a fear to be able to be humble hmm. uh, and not knowing the difference between being humble and being a punk 
Mm-hmm. Um, lesser than, lesser than, weak Uncle Tom, weak, or being stepped on, <laughs> being disrespected. Yeah, I I think some people, it just depends on the situation. But I do yeah. see how people can try to overstep their boundaries because they want something that they can't have, and then that's when it becomes disrespectful to people. You know, I think, um, you know, like what's that? I think over that Lauren Hill line was like, why every Indian want to be the chief? You know, mm-hmm. where it's like you you have this desire to have this thing. You see something that somebody else has or this power, and it's like, well, I want it because this is what I would do with it. And truth is, you may not can handle that, and that's why, I, like, I, I'm a firm believer that like, you can either humble yourself or you're gonna get humbled, one way or another. So like, being in a situation where you're, you know, you're trying to, you know impose yourself or whatever but if you're not going about it the right way mm-hmm. then you're going to end up being a laughing stock you're going to be made fun of you're going to look stupid because you didn't go about it the right way so that's that's a value for me where it's like you're saying all right I, you know i'm going to go about this respectfully now sometimes i can be a victim well not victim but like i can i can be the kind of person that shows people too much respect mm. and i humble myself too much and it's mm. really like a false humility yeah okay. versus like what you're saying, like, yo, you just ain't genuine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A wise man once told me you only need to apologize one time. You know? And, um, you know, that's something we have to be aware of. You know what I mean? We, we, we do need to be humble, but we also, you, need, you know, need to be honest and, and forthgoing with ourselves. And if we've, we've apologized and we're genuine for whatever mishap or setback, mistake, you know, we apologize and that's it. Then, you know? I don't know. You have to find that balance, like you said, man. I had a question though because I think what you were what you were going to um, when we were talking about like the authority and having a respect for authority and then we were, you were talking about just like instilling that into your kids and I know pre-show we were kind of just talking about your story as a kid mm-hmm. and that relationship with the authority figures in your life so can mm-hmm. you hit on that because I know we hear a little bit of you know how, how successful you're being right now but like mm-hmm. that's not always been the case so right. like talk to us a little bit about your story man no i mean um you know growing up um my mom was a teen mom mm-hmm. four she had four kids by the age of 24 wow uh she had and by then she had uh an 11 year old a 10 year old a six year old and a newborn you know, she had already married three, you know, uh, third, third, third husband. Uh, you know, we were, we were poor, living in the South Bronx. And, and when I'm telling you we were poor, we, we were dirt poor. You know, there were days where she heated up water on the stove and we literally stood in buckets. She mixed cold water with the hot water and we bathed in buckets. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how bad it was. But she never made us feel that way. I only knew I was poor now as an adult. Because as a kid, I never knew what it was. Mm. I didn't know what poor meant. Because we were always good. Even living that way, it wasn't anything difficult. Mm. Our bellies were always full. And we were always good. Mm. But, um... Uh, <clears throat> grew up there, you know, I got four siblings. Um, again, my mom, the last husband that, that she had was a really abusive guy. Um... He would abuse her really bad. Um, every now and then took it out on me and my little brother. My sister didn't really get it too much. 
and the new baby was his. Okay. So he was scot free. Um, but life was difficult there, and um, at a very young age, I decided to 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 try and get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. And they sent me to the store, and um, I went downstairs and I. I jumped in a cab, and back then, mm. you know, a taxi would stop for a little kid. Oh wow! I don't so, know. I don't know if it was an I angel. I don't know if it was a, a. I don't know what happened, but he stopped for me, and I got in the cab. And I know where my grandmother's address, and got to her house, and I was safe for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going back with my mom, you know, because at the end of the day, it was still my mom, you know, like yeah. you love your mother regardless. Right. And uh, things didn't change, so I ended up leaving again, and I ended up taking my brother with me this time. You know, I took him out to fire escape, and I went took him to his father's house, and then I went back to my grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. And really never went back to live with my mom ever since, other than for about six months. Um, you know, my grandmother got legal custody mm-hmm. from my mother. You know, like, mm-hmm. she told my mom, like, look, if he's going to stay with me, like, you're going to give up your rights. You know, like, yeah. he's mine. So my mom, you know, my mom gave up custody of me to my grandmother. And uh, from there, life got a little uh, complicated, you know, like we already lived in the South Bronx, which is statistically, you can look it up, man. It's the poorest area of New York City. I mean, poverty there is still so stricken. It's not even funny, but... You know, I was just a young teenager, you know, drugs everywhere, using drugs, selling drugs, not going to school, not doing the right thing. You know, eventually you start, you know, you start, turned into, you know, what I thought was an adult, right? I was only like 16. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you started selling a little bit more drugs yeah. and making a little bit more money and, you know, living differently. I had my own apartment when I was 16. I was living with a girl. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, then things 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 got different. You know, start catching cases and mm-hmm. caught one case. You know, try to do the right thing, but I could never stay straight. You know, like I was always influenced going back into the street. Right. You know, which I would say, you know, was weak minded. Yeah. To be honest with you, because all I was doing was being used. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't selling my own drugs. I was selling somebody else's. I was making money, but they were making more. Right. Yeah. It was so, their. It was their stuff at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But you know, I did that till till I was nineteen. Um, in between that though, man, I caught something. I caught uh, probably about four other felonies, man, two charges that I was able to get dismissed. Mm-hmm. Um, one charge that I got convicted on, I got sentenced to one to three. And while I was doing that bid, I ended up getting picked up by the feds on a federal conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Ended up doing six and a half years in prison there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I got out and I was able to, thank God, man, life life is funny, man, because I was able to meet a, a um, a couple of gentlemen in prison mm. who were able to connect me into a job, into a bank job, where I ended up meeting my wife. Because mm. wow, my right. first job that I had, it, it wasn't because somebody gave me the opportunity. It was because somebody that I was locked up with 
knew somebody who ran a mortgage company and he would take people ex-felons as cold callers but he only paid us eight dollars an hour you know it was a cheap paying job they were making a lot of money when you were getting leads and stuff like that but he was giving people the opportunity to work right yeah you know and that's how i got i was able to get a job to get out of the halfway house where i met my wife and was able to stay on a straight path man i mean she has been the best thing to ever happen to me man wow it's beautiful man to to be real so how long have you and your wife been together? Uh, we are going on 12 years in May. That's beautiful, man. 12 years together, 10 years married in August. Two beautiful kids, you know, a nine-year-old girl, Heidi, four-year-old boy, James. Yeah. So how would you say, or how would, how would you describe just like your feeling of like from from one extreme to like where you are now, like how would you like how would you describe that? Sometimes it's intimidating. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's 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 anxious mm-hmm. because uh, I think I I know how to deal with the world, but mm-hmm. still the world to me is different, right? Up until the age of twenty five, if you figure. I don't know, when I first started smoking weed, I would say 13 years old, right? So from 13 to 25, let's say that's, that's 11 years. And I've been getting in trouble. I mean, I'm talking about Prince petitions, all types of stuff. Other than that, you know, from like the age of 12. So 12 to 25, you spent figure half my life already just fucking around, fucking around, always getting in trouble, not doing the right thing, going to jail, getting out, going to jail, doing a long stretch. Um... So sometimes I get anxious with things, you know? Right. You know, I go into situations where I'm confident when I'm in there, but before that, like, my nerves get the best of me, you know? Mm. I start feeling like, yo, man, you know, what if they know this about me? What if they know that about me? Yeah. And, which is silly, because at the end of the day, that's not me. You know what I'm saying? And who cares if they do? Yeah. (laughs) Because that doesn't make me... You know what I'm saying? That doesn't make me the person I am today. Yo. That is somebody I was. That is somebody I can be again if I ever needed to be. But that's not somebody I want to be. That's not the person I show. That's right. not the, you know what I'm saying? Can, can nobody look at me a, a day in life and ever be like, yo, I could tell that motherfucker was locked up six and a half years. Right. Or he was running the streets. Or he was doing that. Yeah. Half the people I tell it to would probably think I was lying. Because mm-hmm. I'm so humble. Yeah. But I don't feel the need to portray that type of person because it makes no difference. Right. Yeah. Such a blessing it is to know oneself. To who, you know? You know? To who? To who? And to what? Like, who am I really impressing at the end of the day? With a macho bravado men? Yeah. That, that, that's who I want to impress? It's, it's kind of hard right? to talk about this stuff that is real without sounding comical uh, and right. unrealistic, but that's the truth. But I don't right? exactly. I want to be big and bad on the corner. Right, right. For right. what? Who's right. hanging out on the corner <laughs> the majority of the time? Right. A whole bunch of dudes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mere yeah. mortals. Like mere, us. They mere, mere men. Mere like me. Mortals. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I, I know that we live in a society where it's that's what they want you to portray. Right. You know, I'm a macho, I'm this, I'm that. Especially when you live in, in 
poor areas right. where people are getting taken advantage of. People are getting bullied, you know what I'm saying? People yeah, I mean, are selling drugs, the, people are doing this, there's gangs. Of men wanting to always conquer and have a high, you know, collection of whether it be women, money, uh, cars, and things like that. You know, we are, we are trying to be perceived as conquerors. And I think that's another thing that's interesting. I'm curious to know more about, like male influences, you know what I mean, in your life and what were they like, you know what I mean? And oh, I ain't have no male influences. My male influences were the drug dealers outside on the street. Right, 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 <laughs> yeah. right, right. They were the ones who, you know, who recognized you, you know, you come downstairs, they knew who you were because everybody knew everybody. Right. You know, they went to go play football, they went to go watch them play football. Mm-hmm. You know, they were outside. The ice cream truck came, everybody got ice cream. You know, they asked you to go to the store, you always kept the change. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so those were the guys who you looked up to. Like, yo, all right, well, shit, I'm off. They, it wasn't stupid, you know? Like, street smart kids at 9, 10, you know what? Right. We knew what they were doing, you know? Like, we knew that they were out there selling drugs. That's all, yo, that's what I want to do. There must be no life outside of that. Wow. You know? What do you, like, looking back, do you feel like... Because I hear people say this or tell a similar story. And I wonder, because sometimes I hear that and I'm like, man, like, would it would it make a difference to have, like, other positive role models just, like, there or just, like, in your life? Because it's just, like, it's, like... Probably clouds. not. Okay. Probably not. I don't think a, I don't think the best father figure in the world would have helped helped me at that point. Like interesting. Yeah. Um at yeah. 10 I decided to f- leave my mother's house. I think that consciously even though you're kids you know right from wrong at 5 years old. Mm-hmm. 4 or 5, right? You tell your kids what did I tell you? They know right from yeah. wrong. So I was making conscious deci- decisions already to do what I wanted to do. You know? People yeah. tried to help me. Mm. I didn't want to listen. Gotcha. You know? I had, I had, you know, like, my uncles, you know? Even the same people outside in the street to tell you, like, yo, dude, you're not going anywhere. This is where you're going to end up. Jail, in prison, or a drug addict. That's where you're going. If that's this is the life you want to live, that's the only. Those are the only three places you're gonna go. You think you're gonna retire happy? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah. You you bugging? That's not. That's not this life. Right. So I wouldn't. I, I don't think anybody would have saved me, and I don't blame anybody on anything that I went through either. Mm-hmm. In that retrospect, just because. My mom married three times just because he was abusive, just because I went to live with my grandmother. Like, I don't blame any of that. Mm. At the end of the day, I was still making decisions where I knew right and I knew wrong. And I knew what was right and I knew what was wrong, you know? And I knew that Selling drugs wasn't the right thing, but that's how I made money. Guess what? I've dealt with going to jail. I knew that if I had to go to jail, I'd be out tomorrow, next week, whatever the hell it was. And I was going to go outside and do it again. (laughs) 
There was no break in between. I'll get locked up today. I'll be out tomorrow and be outside tomorrow selling drugs. There was no break. <laughs> there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And at one point, you know, people are, they're good with that. You know what I'm saying? And I, I know that there was probably a point in your life where you were like, there's gotta be something else. You know what I mean? I'm curious to hear more about that. Like, what made you go in that other direction and start making those different choices? Well, being in prison, honestly. Mm. And I don't think that the one to three years in prison would have helped me out either because before I got locked up to do the one to three, I was already making plans of how I was going to Get back out <laughs> and get more money. You know what I'm saying? Like that. I didn't see any. There was there was nothing beyond. Yeah, there was nothing beyond that. To be honest with you. And I went to do my bid at I think I was 19. And at 19, I wasn't an adult, but I was again old enough to still be making this once and that. When I think now, like this one-sided decision that like there was nothing else in life, dude. But. Getting out of prison and making a conscious decision to risk my life to go fucking back to jail. Think about that shit. The day before I was getting going to go to jail, I was plotting on how I would get out <laughs> and try to beat the system again, yeah. which is fucking impossible. Mm. Now that's insanity. <laughs> yeah. Doing the same thing. So was it that? Like, there's so, a consciousness when you, when you so, was like, wait, this is what I'm doing. So. And this is. When know. I went to do, um, when I went to do uh, uh, my bid, after getting sentenced from the feds, I ended up having to go to Attica State Penitentiary, which is one of the worst prisons in New York State prison, man. I mean, you could look it up, the Attica riots, like, they kidnapped COs, people died. It's literally a penitentiary. And, um. I don't know if I told you the story, but I was talking to this gentleman one time in the yard for a couple of days and uh, happened to ask him, you know, how much time he was doing because I had just got my seven years and I was sad and I'm like, you know, I was in this penitentiary, you know, scared also. And this guy, the most humblest guy I will ever meet, told me that he had 125 years to life. Mm. That was his prison sentence. 125 years to life in prison for five murders. <laughs> and I looked at him and I thought to myself, this guy is a maniac. Mm. But I kept talking to him and um, long story short, I ended up going back into my cell and uh, thinking to myself like, yo, this guy's got 125 years to life. He's walking around like it doesn't affect him. He's never gonna go home. And I'm sitting here fucking piss, fucking piss crying over seven years. And I got I like, I, I got a release date. I'm gonna get out. God forbid nothing ever, you know, nothing happens to me if I don't get killed or anything. But yeah. I'm gonna get out of prison. And from then, like, that took my outlook on prison just to a different level where I was just like, yo, you know what? Like, this is not the end for me. You know, like, this is not the end. And being there, man, I met so many people, man. I can't tell you guys the amount of people that I've met with 50 years to life, 25 years to life. I've met hundreds of murderers. People who are never going to see the light of day ever again. And they are the most humblest people that you will ever meet in your life. Every killer isn't a rah-rah-rah guy. 
They're people like me and you sitting amongst them. Mm-hmm. It's, there's three guys like me, like us right now, sitting in the yard somewhere just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But will rip your heart out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's not the way they are. Yeah. And, you know, being there and just, just, you know, once once I left there, it was just like, yo, like, I'm going to go home. And, you know, you bond with people. Right. You bond with people regardless, when, especially when you're in prison. You know, I've been to a lot of prisons in my life, and I met a lot of people. And everywhere you go, you bond with people. And every time you leave somebody, you know, there's a little bit of sadness that you're leaving, but you understand where you're going. Like, that's, you know, that's that's life, you know? There's, people get packed up one day, do we boys for a year and a half, and tomorrow they be like, yo, pack up, you fucking going to another prison. You be like, yo, where the fuck my boy went? That's just like losing your mother. It's heart-wrenching, you know what I'm saying? You'd be like, yo, my boys are leaving. Like, yo, hold on. Like, yeah. that's the only person I got in here. Yeah, we're relational people, man. It's just mm-hmm. like we, you know, we thrive off of relationship, you know. That's, yeah. that's tough, though. And a lot of those guys that I, I remember leaving there and, oh, you know, think of, like, literally um, had to get on a plane to come down to, to, to Brooklyn. So it's kind of like a Conair thing. Mm-hmm. And thinking to myself, like, yo, dude, like, I never want to do this again in my life. Like literally, man, they were shut. They were shuffling people, mm. prisoners from planes to, to to planes, Boeing jets and buses and vans. Like the shit was a fucking like like something you see in a movie, like yeah. like a slave movie, bro. Yeah. Like people handcuffed and just cops and rifles and dude, I never want to see that again in my life. Like hauling cattle at a place called Stewart Airport. The most ridiculous thing you will ever see in your life, you know, and, and just going through those little things, man. I, I just I made a conscious conscious deci- decision not to not to ever ever try to go back to prison. You know right. what I'm saying? And that's not to say that I don't do fucking messed up things. Right? I smoke bud. I, I, if I smoke a joint and go outside, get pulled over, I got the risk of getting the fucking DUI. Mm-hmm. I go pick up bug, God forbid I get pulled over, I got arrested, God forbid the car getting searched and getting in trouble. Well, I've been in trouble, you know what I'm saying? I've been locked up too afterwards, but not for nothing major, you know what I'm saying? And what's the mentality? God, you know, like I said, it sucks, but anytime, I mean, my wife could tell you. Um, I got locked up one time and it was on a Valentine's Day. And I called home and she was like, yo, you want me to come to court? And I was like, no, I want you to go to sleep. Wake up in the morning and act like nothing has happened. I'll be out tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't panic. Don't worry. Go to work. Take the kids to school. I'll be out at night sometime. Sat down. Waited to see the judge. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Got out at night. Went home. Gave her a kiss. And that was it. Why? Because I already knew what was going to happen. I knew I was going to get out. I didn't need her to come. Why? Because I knew what was going to happen. I don't need to worry her. I don't need a hundred people coming to court. My mom, this person, right? A lot of people, you, people call their parents and everybody's different. You know what I'm saying? Like the first few times I did it, but what? I've done it so many times. I don't need that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what can you eat? And even if I did, what can you do for me? Right. Even if I was in some serious trouble. You want to go sit there and tell them that they're going to send me to Rikers Island? I don't need you to sit there and go through that heart wrench and heartache. I'll tell you over the phone, y'all probably going to go to Rikers Island. Because I already know the outcome of my situation. Right. I've been through it so many times. Yeah. 
interesting perspective, man. Again, man, we are glad to just have you on and share that, man, because I get a lot of insight just listening to you. And, you know, it, it also makes me think about the choices that we make going forward, you know, how they could potentially shape, you know, our future. And along with God, God in this whole thing, you know what I mean? And that's just the beauty of choices because I think God puts things, people in your life and it's your, you know, will to choose if you want to accept this or reject this, you know what I mean? And I feel like you did a good job, especially once you, you know, came out and, you know, towards that, you know, late 20s, 30s era, you know, better decisions were made, you know what I mean? And, uh, I think that that's what we have to shine light upon, you know what I mean? And continue to just kind of highlight and, and discuss the importance of that, man. Because that's our goal here, man. You know, we want to educate people. We want to entertain at the same time and also, you know, engage folks. You know what I'm saying? So we yeah. thought it would be a brilliant idea for you to just come on and, and, and shed that light. So again, bro. We, 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 we really appreciate your perspective and, you know, you just being here. So. Yeah, thank absolutely. you, man. I appreciate it. I yeah. appreciate you guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. I know uh, as we were kind of wrapping up, I mean, it's still heavy on me, like, all this thing just happened to, to Kobe and, yeah. you know, the, the, everyone else that was on a mm -hmm. helicopter because it's more than just him. Other yeah. people lost their lives, too. Um, but I don't know. I guess, like, just if you have any... I don't know if this makes sense to say it like this, but like just like kind of like final words. Like if you know, we tomorrow's not promise. It's man. not a promise. You know, That's so right. like think about any final words that you would want to offer. Someone. Anything I would like to tell anybody is, yeah. especially to, to 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 young people who that have no guidance mm -hmm. and think that they know what what's going on in life, is the only way to to succeed is to become a chameleon. Mm. Is to know that. Every situation in life, you can't be the incredible hawk. Sometimes you have to be a cat. Sometimes you have to be a mouse. You know, you're not always going to be the predator. Sometimes you're going to be the prey. And the situations, you got to learn that there, there are situations in life where you're going to be wrong and it's okay to be wrong. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And understand that people don't see the world the same way and it's okay it's okay to be friends with people who don't see the world the same as you do. Yeah. Um, I constantly see people who are in a group of, of like-minded people yeah. and think that when somebody isn't like-minded as them, they're hateful, they're prejudiced. Mm -hmm. um, that's not always the case. People think different. Like, God made us this way, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, don't always be so... Uh, but hurt, I guess, is the yeah. word I'm looking for. You know, when you hear things that you don't like. Yeah. Because that's the world. Yeah, it is the world. It's the world we um, live in. That's the world we live in, you know. And, and to be a man is to be able to deal with the fact that we're not all the same. Yeah. We don't all see everything in black and white. There's gray. There's gray. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand that. Well said, bro. Well said again, man. Pedro Morales, man. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. It's an honor. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, this is, we landed in the plane right now, so we yeah. appreciate y'all tuning in. Until the next time, we will catch y'all. This is Ready to Off. Ready to Off.